You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. St. Peter says, well, we work in billable hours. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and thanks for downloading... The Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 122, the Rogue One edition. (laughs) Oh man, Rogue One, uh, A special, a, a Two Sorry Excuses podcast spectacular. Yes, or Star as they call Wars. it, Espanol Podcasto Especial. Uh, w- <laughs> hey, I know we said we were not going to get... Uh, I, I know we said we weren't going to get off track. Uh, we're going to keep, <laughs> keep 30 it. 30 seconds <laughs> in, we're already off track. <laughs> <laughs> How about that Donald Trump? <laughs> Uh, but a big shout out to uh, Alfredo. A big oh shout yeah, to Alfredo. Today marked um, two years. The first time in two years without a homicide in El Salvador. Oh damn! It's only been two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know he's going to listen to this, and I, and and I don't know if he's a. a uh, a big Star Wars fan, so he might just skip over this episode. So in case he does, I wanted just to get that shout out. Uh, shout out to him! Congratulations, El Salvador. Yeah, way to go, El Salvador. You take your, uh, you take your no homicides very seriously down there. Congratulations. Of course, the bare facts of the issue probably are they probably just had uh, poor shots that day, or the knife didn't go into the right part. <laughs> it was an accounting <laughs> issue. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not because we didn't have any homicides today, not for a lack of trying. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mainstream's not off to a very good start right now, but <laughs> let's get it back on track. Let's get it back on track because we're going to talk about something uh, that everybody loves. And by everybody, I mean middle aged white men across America. Irritable bowel S- syndrome? Star Wars. Ah, yes. Star Wars, George Lucas's great space opera. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! This entire episode is uh, <laughs> is a big is a big Rogue One spoiler. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Years ago, when the last Star Wars movie was coming out in Triumph, the insult comic dog from Conan O'Brien was messing with all the people waiting in line for it. You know, yeah. who were waiting for days in New York City. And he's, he's like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I got a spoiler for you. He tells one of the nerds, he's like, you're going to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt, but that's what I think of. I think of Star Wars and spoilers. Well, that's, I think that's a good place to start because when it comes to Star Wars, I don't, it seems like everybody needs to be a Star Wars fanatic. Yes. Right? And everybody wants to friggin' spill the beans on it as soon as they can. And they wanna, they want to dissect it, and they want to analyze it, and they want to be a critic, and they want to prove to you how much bigger of a Star Wars fan they are. How about just watch the movie and enjoy the movie? Yeah, 
Yeah, they want to read into everything, you know? Like, all the ones, like, all the cameos you missed. And it's like, how many times did you watch the movie to to track all these cameos? Because you can't be paying attention to what's going on if you're trying to track every cameo in the movie. No, and newsflash, if I missed the cameo in the first place, well, then it probably didn't resonate with me and it didn't have that big of an effect. The cameos yes. that I picked up, I was psyched because I picked them up. Yeah, like like yeah, like the one with the people from the bar. Yes. I don't like you or whatever. Ex you know those guys. Exactly. Yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, that's cool because I remember them from the first Star Wars. Uh, when they drop the, uh, I don't have a good feeling about this. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, like that's, oh, wait a minute, I know that. That's great. You know, I don't need, uh, you know, BuzzFeed or Mojo giving me the top 15 Easter eggs that I missed. Yes, yes, yes. Because if I missed them, I missed them, you know? It's a movie, man. Get over it. <laughs> right? I saw the first movie when I was a little kid. I came out in the theaters. And, and this has been... This is part of the DeSantis lore. This is the, when you show your age. This is... It really is. Because Star Wars Episode One or Episode Four. The, the Star Wars movie. Which we'll just call Star Wars, because that's all it was called when it came out. It was Star Wars. We'll call it Star Wars. When 1977. Yeah. came out, that has, that has been a defining moment in, in the DeSantis family history. For as long as I can remember, I, we talk about it. We went to see it. We were there. Josh was there. There's the scene. Uh, Josh the must have been a baby, huh? Okay, so this is where, as I've gotten older, this is it starts to break down, and I can't really get, I really can't get a definitive timeline on it. But here's here's what happened. We went to the movie, and in my mind, I remember standing outside of the theater, and it wrapped around the theater, and we had to wait forever, and we went into the theater, and the opening scene comes, and star and um, C-3PO and R2-D2 are walking across the sand, right? You know the yep. opening scene? Yep. And, uh, and uh, Josh stands up on his chair and goes, Daddy! Why are they arcing on the udder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is which is you know is is toddler Jersey speak for why are they walking on the water? Yeah, yeah. And toddler Jersey speak. So he had to be old enough, and that's we always get a kick out of that, and that's one of the stories we tell around the dinner table, and everybody gets a laugh out of it, right? But he had to be old enough to stand up. He had to be old enough for my parents to think it was a good idea to bring him to a movie theater. He had to be old enough to sit and have his own seat, and he had to be old enough to stand up and say what he was perceiving as, why are these two people walking on the water? Josh was born April 17, 1976. Star Wars came out May 22, 1977. So when he was a year, 13 months old. Okay, so... My guess is that Star Wars stayed in the movie theaters for a very long time. Well, I mean, yeah, it definitely did. Like, I'm talking a year. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I think E.T. was in the theaters for like a year. So we must have gone to see it when he was like two and a half. Sometime in 1978, right? So we go, yeah. to, we go to see it in 1978-ish. 
And the line that I remember around the building, there's no way there was a huge line around the building a year after the movie no. released. So I must have been, I must have, have, uh, I must be combining a memory from another movie, whether it was E.T. or Return of the Jedi or something I mean, else. I know that my brother took me, well, I know at least my brother Chris probably took me and my brother Josh to see Empire, you know? And I don't know if Josh went to see, because Josh would have been, Josh would have still been two, two, not even three yet when the original Star Wars came out because his birthday is November 30th, you know? 74, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, he wasn't right. even three yet when it came out. So I doubt he went and saw original Star Wars in the theater. But you are about a year older than that, right? You're November yeah, I'm exactly. 73, right? Yeah, I'm exactly a year older than that. So yeah. I was like five, five, five-ish, five and a half or so. Um, no, you weren't. When I went. Oh, you're talking about if you went in 78. Yeah, so if I went the uh, year after. Well. Which makes sense, because I have memories. Right? What's that? You would have been four and a half-ish. Uh, November 73 to, say, May 78. Yeah, I, I'd probably say it was a little later than that. Cause then yeah, May but I don't know if it was really out for 15 months, though, or... So that's the big question, right? That's the big question. If is is Josh at two years old old enough to make that comment at a movie of this nature? I don't know. So I'm gonna say there's some wiggle room in there. Somewhere between four and a half and five. Okay. My age. Um now how did you see Star Wars? See, that's the thing. I'm not even sure how I originally saw the original Star Wars, you know? I, want, like, I I must have seen it on, and I'm pretty. You know what? I I will say this. I am willing to bet they re-released it. Okay. Sometime in the years between the three-year gap, because Empire comes out in '80. You know, because that's the way they used to always work. It, now they're doing it faster. But even when he did the prequels, it was always three-year gaps. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Episode Four was '77. Empire was 80, and Return of the Jedi was 83. And then just like the other ones, uh, the last one came out in 2005, then was 2002, and, and Phantom Menace was 99, you know? Yes. There's always three-year increments. Now they're doing two-year increments. You know, they're, they've warped it, they've ramped it up, you know? Right. So, uh, so I, I guess they probably, and, and that's the thing. That's when you might have seen it. it. They might have done a re-release in 79. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Because I remember even as a kid that they did the re-release, and I, and I didn't go see it, but I do remember being like, you know, after Return of Jedi, you know, the years in between, years after Return of Jedi came out, I remember it being re-released. Because that used to be a kind of a common thing with very... I remember Ghostbusters re, was re-released a couple of years later. It was a big... It was a common thing with very successful movies back then, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm trying to see here. Uh, it's... Box Office Mojo has that it was released in 77. It was reissued in 82. So that's when he must have made all his cuts. Yeah, yeah. That was but probably when I, it came out like on 
tape and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah, and then '97 there was a special edition. Yeah, so yeah, that's when he added all the bullshit in, like the job of the hut and that. Yeah, so I don't know between '77 and '82 when. And I think it probably came on TV. Yeah, that's probably how I saw it. You're probably right. Yeah, that was a big that was a big thing back then. Yeah, you remember? I remember. I remember hell when when the one when the when the new ones came out, it was a big deal saying what station, you know, what networks were going to have the right to show it, you know. Yeah. Okay. So it was probably it was a really big deal in 1977 or whatever. Okay. So so that's we'll we'll assume that's how you got to see it. Was it probably on television? You're probably I'm, right. Yeah. Um. That's probably how I saw it. Although. I, my memory of the first Star Wars is not nearly as fresh as the other ones because it was the one, the earliest one. So yep. I remember years later even watching it on video, like in college, and some of the stuff seeming new to me, even though I knew I'd seen it before. I um, I remember seeing the uh, the vaunted uh, Christmas special. Uh, okay, I've just watched clips of that on youtube and stuff i remember seeing it uh i remember seeing it live yeah that's great watching it as a kid and as a kid thinking the hell's going on here (laughs) you know because i was probably five or six when the christmas special come out so uh came out right after right right after because that's that's where they introduced um they introduced uh, Boba Fett. Yeah. In that. Because um, in typical Lucas fashion, he was capitalizing on wherever he could. Of course. You know? Of course. I mean, he's the one that invented marketing, uh, cross-marketing with toys and all that shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a year and a half later. So it came out of the holidays in 1978. So I remember okay. watching that. And I remember thinking, what the hell's going what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I mean, it was just an embarrassment. It was, it was, it was horrible. But um, that was kind of the the bridge, you know. Like you said, he needed something to material uh, to 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 market. He needed something to materialize, um, and that was it. The next movie would come out. You feel the worst in eighty Harrison Ford watching those things because you know how uncomfortable he was, right? And right. the last thing he ever wanted to do, like he. He so wanted to be out of the Star Wars things, you know, like, like he was so pissed that he had to do Return of the Jedi. Because by that point, right? Let's see. By that point, he had he'd been Indiana Jones. Okay, that's my question. Yeah, had he been Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones by that point? Raiders came out like in eighty or eighty one. You know, he didn't have to do that anymore. Like he. He was in movies, but he wasn't a big star. He wasn't a superstar when the original Star Wars came out. Yeah. Right, he had done American Graffiti. Yeah, he'd done American Graffiti, but he wasn't the star of American Graffiti either. No, nope. you know? nope, not at all. Yeah. Uh, and then even after Star Wars, um, he had done Apocalypse Now, um, Frisco Kid, but those weren't he, that. Those didn't make him a star. Empire Strikes Back. Probably makes him a star, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the original Star Wars, yeah. 
But yeah, well, yeah, Empire. He's such a focal I, point of Empire. Yeah, I mean, I think what really makes him a star is Raiders. You know, because because look well, at everyone. Okay. I say that because look at everyone in Star Wars. Being in that movie doesn't exactly make you a star. It didn't make Mark Hamill any bigger. You know, it didn't no, really right. make Carrie Fisher any bigger. It made them bigger for Star Wars. You're right, but, but I'm looking at that. It was Raiders then... when it was like. Here's Harrison Ford completely carrying his own franchise alone. Well, from 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 eighty, from eighty to eighty-five, he's got Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Blade Runner, Return yep. of the Jedi, Temple of Doom, and Witness. Like that five-year stretch is like yeah, is like Don Mattingly's five-year stretch, and that's the, when he and 90s. that's when he entered into his golden age, basically, and he started doing serious movies all the time. Right, so then he After. does uh, he does Mosquito Coast, yeah. Working Girl. Then he comes back for Last Crusade, which listen, I'm a huge Indiana Jones. I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan. Uh, Last Crusade. You, you didn't like Last him. Crusade? Eh, I thought it was better than Temple of Doom. I remember at the time. Uh, it, wait, is Last Crusade the one with with Sean Connery? Uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, that was okay. I didn't love it. I, I liked mean, Temple of Doom. Well, I guess when Crystal Skull came out, that gave you some appreciation of Last Crusade, though. Well, yeah, I kind of Crystal look at, Skull was terrible. I kind of look at Crystal Skull like Rocky Five. Uh, you know, if you I think just we don't acknowledge. Go, yeah, Rock, I, Rocky Five. I've never watched straight to. You know, I never watched it straight through because it's it was one of, I I only saw it on TV and it was. So ridiculous. Only in America, whatever, you know, whatever. Touch me, I sue. That's what it was. The Don King analog. Okay. All right. Touch me, I sue, I think is what he kept saying. You know, that was terrible. Tommy Morrison, Tommy Gunn. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right. So that's not even, that's like, that's not even on my radar. So I, I take the, I take the approach. If I don't acknowledge that it exists does it really exist? <laughs> <laughs> so that's Crystal Skull for me. But anyway, you're right. You're right. That's probably Raiders of the Lost Ark puts him over the top. But he's it, Empire Strikes Back. He he makes an impact there, at least for me. Uh, and you're right. He's probably pissed. He's got to come back and do. Oh, he was. I've watched and, and shows. do Jedi. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like they. You know, a few years ago. And I think it was on A&E, you know, the whole history of Star Wars. And I interview him, and he talks about, well, I told George there's no reason for me to come back. I was killed off in Empire, you know? Right. Like, he did not want to do it, you know? But he felt like he was forced into it, basically, you know? Because he's like, why so, do I... What's that? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he just... he, he Because the pro, his problem was this. It's like... Well, now I'm a big star. Why do I still have to do stupid Star Wars movies? <laughs> right, 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 right. But the thing is, if they would have just killed him off, I don't know if he would have been around for the last one. And he was, I think he was pretty psyched to sign on the last one because he's in the later stage. He's still a star, but he's not the star he was 15 years ago. No, absolutely not. You know, absolutely like, not. or like when I went away to college when Fugitive came out, you know, right before, right, right before I left to go. You know, the year leading up to me going to college, I remember Fugitive was out, and that was like, you know, that so was that's, peak Harrison Ford. Right, so that's another five-year stretch where he's got um, 
presumed innocent regarding Henry, which he's really good in regarding Henry. Yeah, where he has the he's brain damaged or something, right? Like he's yeah. in an accident or something. Yeah. Then he plays the um, then he then he plays the uh, Jack Ryan Patriot Games. Yeah, he he takes over the part that Alec Baldwin was in for one movie. Yep. And then he's got uh, Fugitive and Clear and Present Danger. How dare you come in here barking like some little junkyard dog? How dare you, sir? <laughs> it's my favorite exchange in that movie. That is, that's a good exchange. That's a good exchange. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> like some little junkyard dog. <laughs> uh, and then basically after that, um, nothing. Nothing. He uh, he did some ter- I remember he did that terrible movie with Anne Hayes. You remember that? It's probably in the nineties. Uh, six days, seven nights. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That he was. He did bad. that movie. What was the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? Was that What Lies Beneath or whatever? What Lies Beneath? Exactly. Yeah. Um, then he's got uh, Hollywood Homicide, Firewall. He does the Crystal yeah. Skull. Extraordinary Measures is uh, is a Brandon Fraser vehicle. Who? To Brandon Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, okay. Brendan Fraser, then, man. That guy's career is so weird. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens. And yeah, yeah, that was he, a flop. He does. Uh, then he starts to become. So that was 2010, 2011. Then he starts to play um, Distinguished Gentleman, right? He's got. He plays Branch Rickey in 42. Yep, yep, yep. Then he's in uh, a movie called Paranoia. Then he's in Expendables 3. Oh, was he? Yeah. Huh. I've never seen any of the Expendables. They just seem like meathead movies. Yeah, I would say that the 2000s have not been kind to uh, to Harrison Ford. So you're right. Yeah, Star I mean, Wars that's Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Star Wars Force Awakens comes around and uh, and he is uh, he's psyched to sign on. But of the first of the first three, what what's your favorite? What what order would you put them in? The first three movies, yeah, the Star Wars movies, yeah. Well, I probably the popular thing. What everyone says, Empire Episode Four and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Even though when I was yeah. a kid, I loved Return of the Jedi. A because it was the one I most remembered at the time because I was old enough. Yeah, you know. Whereas yep. I was like four when Empire came out, but like in retrospect, like the stuff that I loved about it, which is was being marketed to me because I was a little kid, was the stuff that my brother Chris hated about it, like the right. friggin' Ewoks and all that shit. The stuff that was added to to friggin' get little kids to buy toys, basically. So I've always that's the popular that that's the popular uh, sentiment. Is you know it's Jedi, Star Wars, and 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 the Ewok one, whatever that one is. Uh, well, um, Empire, Empire, Star Wars, Empire, Star Wars, and then Return of the Empire, Jedi. New Hope, and Jedi. Yeah, I watched uh, Return of the Jedi the other night. Um, that's actually what I did instead of uh, instead of recording the podcast. I I went out. I had a couple drinks. Uh, ate some. Uh, took took out. I didn't yeah. eat the food there. I, I brought food home. Threw on Return of the Jedi and, and rewatched it, and it, despite the fact that the Ewoks are annoying, it holds up pretty well. 
Yeah. If you I mean, I did like the speeder bike chases through the forest of Endor. There's a lot of fighting in it. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting in it. There's a lot of action in it, which um, I think is kind of cool. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, all that stuff's at my mom's house. I got the friggin' uh, the original, the, the Blu-rays with the original theatrical releases versions on them. I need to go yeah. get all that stuff because I'm like, I really want to watch episode four. You know, because I, I've heard that if you watch episode four before you go see Rogue One, that it really ties it all together because it, you know, fills in because you forget about all the little things in episode four, you know, because you haven't seen it in so many years. Well, the great thing about Rogue One is that it actually uses it actually uses visual cues and CGI effects that put you back into a new hope. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the general guy, I'm like, man, they how'd they find a guy to look just like the general from the from yeah. the original Star Wars? But it's it's CGI. Yeah, CGI of Peter that, Cushing. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. And like, like I have people like Jacob, he's so bothered by that. And it's like, it really doesn't bother me. You know, I was no. like I he was so key to the original story in A New Hope, he kind of had to be in the movie. Of course, of course. Why does it bother? Why does it bother, Jacob? I guess he, he's like one of those people that he thought it was creepy, for one. Like, there's the people that say that, and he's, you know, worried about the whole slippery slope aspect. It's like, I wouldn't see her stressing about, you know, people going to be using fam- people who are famous actors now to make their movies 50 years from now. You know I mean? There's always going to be great actors that people want to use it's just that it i don't know you need to do something with a guy who is so integral you know like uh grandma tarkin was all about the death star right (laughs) and the reason the reason i don't think it's such a slippery slope is that in this particular instance it can be done seamlessly yeah Right, it's very easy to do. Now it's very easy to screw up. They could have screwed it up and ruined the whole movie, but they didn't. And they did it because it's a it's a very specific character. He is only in very specific scenes and he wears a very specific outfit. Yeah. Right? Well did you see did you read about how they actually did it? No, no, I didn't. See, same with Princess Leia, because Princess Leia they did that too for her scene. Oh, they had another actor play it, and they just put yeah, his face yeah. They over had it. an actor dress up who had the same body type, basically. Right. You know, right. and he was dressed up in an outfit, but they put the CGI stuff around his head. You know, you know, when they do CGI, they put the the little ping pong ball stuff or whatever. Yep. And they did that for him and the woman that played Leah. You know, then they just basically CGI their head. And one of the issues with Tarkin's character was that they said the original movie was shot in different lighting than this film. So they had to really work to get all that lined up because the lighting's different, you know? Okay. Okay. They had a real good article in New York times about it, uh, where they, ex- because it was the, I'll, I can find it and send it to you. It was a f- couple of weeks ago because they had, the, um, you know, it was the first time they were explaining themselves because, they didn't talk about it right away. They're like, don't worry, we'll, we'll, when we're ready to talk about it, we'll talk about it. And they had an article where they talked about why they did it and 
what they and why they don't think it's going to be a really an issue gone forward. You know, it was a pretty good article. I mean, you might want to look it up yourself because it's definitely out there. Yeah, no, I'll check it out. I I thought that 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 was to me one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that they brought that back. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, and that's probably the way it is. There's probably a lot of people that really love it and thought it was awesome. But then you got yeah. the hate, haters are going to hate, right? Haters are going to hate. Haters are going to yeah. hate. To that to that point where there's that that contingent of people who like, oh well, I, I don't even acknowledge the prequels. You know? I yeah, they're yeah. Stupid. They're stupid. There were movies <coughs> that were made. You know? <coughs> I'll there say this that, much. I'm sorry. Go on. There were movies that were made <coughs> in the spirit of the entire saga, right? They don't. They don't they don't have a major diversion to the storyline. They, they, they stick to the storyline. They try to explain the backstory as best they can. Right. Yeah. It's not like they all of a sudden, you know, switched Ralph Macchio with some girl and now they're selling karate kid. Hillary Swank with, yeah. With, you know, a new character. No, it's, it's, it's the saga. Right. And, I looked at it as when I when I when the original Star Wars came out I was a kid. And I watched them as a kid and to me they were fantasy movies for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the new ones came out, I said, "Well, the, I'm not the audience." Even though people my age are taking ownership of these films, it's not it's not for me. These are for kids. Let kids enjoy these movies. Mm-hmm. And you know what? kids enjoyed those movies yeah i mean i'll say this about the prequels i i definitely went to see all of them in the theater because i was not not gonna see them right phantom menace did kind of suck you know because it was the jar jar binks effect yeah 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 attack of the clones got a little better but the problem with attack of the clones it was too long because they spent basically the middle hour of the movie developing the love story between Anakin and Padme. Yes. Which was terrible. If you take that out, it's fine. But I thought Revenge of the Sith was great. See, I, I'm with you on, on, on all three of those. I thought that that the first one was um you know, was a little ham fisted. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, I rewatched that fight scene with uh the Darth Maul uh Yeah, yeah. Who who's who's Liam Neeson's character? Uh, was it Jay John? Yeah, Qui Gon. That's it. Qui Gon. Um, and and uh, and Ewan McGregor as as o, as a young Obi Wan. Yep. That's that's a badass fight scene. That yeah. is that to me is probably the best lightsaber scene, the most exciting lightsaber scene. Not the most meaningful or the most impactful, but just you know pure theatrics. Can I interject exciting. about that scene though? About Go Darth ahead. Maul. You know he had the yeah yeah. Yeah, he had the yeah. two-sided saber, you know? And there's a yes. prequels. There's a comedian doing stand-up on Conan one night. This is back, like, in 2000, probably, okay. you know, because the movie had come out in 99. So it was either 99, 2000. I think it was 2000. His name was Andy Blitz, but he was a writer on Conan. But Conan was given an opportunity to do stand-up on his show. And he was doing a – he did a bit about – he's like, okay, so that's a prequel – and the Darth Maul guy has this cool two-headed lightsaber. 
but you never saw those in episode four or Empire Strikes Back. He's like, so that means that thing must have become obsolete by the time they got to those movies. You know, even though that's not really what it was, it's that they just didn't think of it back then. Right, <laughs> His right. The whole premise was that, well, they had the, two, the two-sided the two lightsaber in the prequels, but you don't see them anymore. So at that point, that became an obsolete weapon. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. It was a funny routine because it's like, no, it's just because we know the reality is they just didn't think of a two-headed lightsaber when they made the original movies. <laughs> there, uh, there's a whole story about the lightsaber um, that I had that I had seen. It maybe I saw the the same like documentary that you were talking about before. I don't know if we were talking about it, if we were recording or if we were just talking about it. Yeah, but. I think it was like multiple parts to the one. I think A and E showed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's exactly yeah. where I saw it. Yes. And a prop guy had to go out and find this, you know, find this lightsaber. Um, and it's just like, it's a piece of junk. It's like a coupler from uh, 1973 DeSoto or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird um, on how they came up with it. But um, it's, see, I like that, that fight scene. Um the the attack of the clones uh, i'm with you there that whole love story in the middle and also what threw me was they they just drop a bunch of characters in there that that they really don't give a backstory this is why attack of the clones though was um was worth it though because you get the ceo to being a badass i agree you know, because it, by the time Yoda burst into the movies in the original films, he's old and he's dying. Yes. You yes. know, but he's a legendary Jedi. And at least Attack of the Clones gave you the opportunity to see him being a badass, which was awesome. So that, all right, so that's really funny that you say that because um, while I'm trying to, to, you know, relive this magic, um, and take in all that is the Star Wars universe. I'm also interested to see how Cole absorbs all of this because he's around the same age I was when when all this stuff started to come out and I started okay. to take a liking to it. See, Jeremy never never connected with Star Wars because he was like I don't know two when. No, he was like five when Return of the Jedi came out. So that was the first one he could really absorb. And by that point, you know, like he's a kid. He's not going to go reinvest time and yeah, you yeah. Know, learn about the saga or whatever. So um, when we were going to go see the episode seven, right? The Force Awakens. That was the Cole's first opportunity to see a Star Wars film in the movie theater. We watched, uh, over Christmas break, we watched a marathon. And Josh said, how do you think Cole should watch the Star Wars movies? 
And we came to the conclusion, and I think is general consensus amongst people who are introducing it to their kids, is that you watch it in sequence. One through six. Okay. So this way, a, a kid's mind can watch that story develop. Right? It's a little more confusing to watch to watch Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, and then go to prequels. Because, you know, it's hard to understand the concept of a prequel. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, I mean, that's me, how we watch it because we're old. Right. Because we but are even at, pre, pre. Even at 43, I have a hard time uh, See, the way I the, watch it, though, and I'll tell you, the movies I own, Yeah. well, out of the first six, I own four of them. Not that I don't acknowledge Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones exist. I just know I'm not going to sit there and watch them. Fair enough. And Revenge of the Sith brings me right up to where I remember starting out. Like, I will tell you, Revenge of the Sith, like people that bitched about that movie, I don't know, you just have no joy in life. Because, spoiler alert, (laughs) 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 for a 12-year-old movie, uh... At the end, like when, you know, Jimmy Smith's, you know, who's Organa, you know, adopts, takes in Leah and then they send Luke off, you know, and then they show uh, the Death Star being built and all that stuff, you know, and and it brings me full circle. I remember I kind of teared up a little bit because it took me right back to being a little kid. You know, it was like my youth, you know. Other than the other than the Yoda, the introduction of Yoda, which you said was cool, they didn't need uh, the what's the first one called Phantom Menace, and they yeah. didn't need Attack of the Clones because you're right. The Revenge of the Sith is a is a good movie, and to me, to me ties everything together and explains why I've always had uh, my favorite Star Wars character is Darth Vader. Okay. I've always loved Darth Vader. And in the end, it justifies why I liked Darth Vader all the time. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was just a guy. But Revenge of the Sith gives me reason to publicize that viewpoint. Because yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, he's just a dude who wanted to protect somebody he loved. And you know what? He effed up. His execution of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a pretty, you know that that's a pretty tragic by the by the definition, you know, uh, Shakespearean tragedy. You know that's that's pretty common and that's pretty easy for somebody to connect with. You know, it's like the whole road to hell is paved with good intentions sort of thing. I was gonna go with the Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, um, when he crumbles the... <laughs> when he crumbles yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I watched that the other head. night. I had a fit of insomnia over the weekend. So Tommy Boy was on Netflix. So <laughs> played it. Right. It's a great right. film. And he crushes it, you know? Yeah. That's that's my sale! <laughs> if you could have started with Revenge of the Sith, that answers all the questions yeah, and, that you have, you know? And brings it all full circle. It brings you right up to when episode four begins. Yeah. It brings you right up to speed. And the way it brought it, it was like, it's all dramatic. And then this is him becoming Darth Vader. And, that, and there it is. 
And then you see Tatooine, and it's just like, it was, I kind of, I got very emotional because it hits you right there. It's, uh, I mean, I was 28 going on 29 when that movie came out. Yeah, because it was 2005, you know, and all of a sudden it was like, it took me 25 years friggin' into my past, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, it was very emotional. And it was a good movie anyway. That whole end scene on the, you know, on that volcanic planet, you know? That was yes. a, that Absolutely. was an awesome scene, you know? And then you get the whole how they, how they made Darth Vader, basically. And, and it, it's the only one of those three movies that does a good job of putting some logic to storylines that you've always wondered, right? Yeah. So like the big knock on the the big knock on on the first uh episode 1 was when they go and they identify uh, young Annie, young Anakin yeah. Skywalker as a Jedi and they they do a blood test, right? And people are all up in arms about that, you know, with the midichlorians and that's not how you, you know, Jedi's just in the in the universe. It's not it's not a blood test you can take and people got all up in arms with that, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, Revenge of the Sith well, that's oh, okay. That's why Darth Vader wears that outfit. <laughs> he yeah, kept yeah, burnt exactly. To a crisp. This is one thing I do think about the prequels. Like George Lucas was definitely responding to the criticism, which is why Revenge of the Sith was significantly better than Phantom Menace, and why Attack of the Clones was better than Phantom Menace, but Revenge of the Sith was better than Attack of the Clones. Because he, he it took him that many movies to be like, okay, give the people what they friggin' want. Right, 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 right. I, I mean, because Revenge of the Sith is what I wanted. You know, I don't care about all the dialogue. I'm not expecting Shakespeare, because that's the biggest knock on everything is the dialogue. Yes, it sucks, but that's not what I'm there for. No. I don't no. give a damn if it friggin' sounds like some nerd who's never kissed a girl uh, who's writing love stories, which which is what George Lucas movies always sound like. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm there for friggin' uh, lightsaber battles and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and people hate on that guy, Hayden Christensen, but I thought he did yeah. a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, because I, I could, he was good in that one, but I don't know. He got kind of bagged on also because he, you know, he was one of the... A typical Star Wars actor, a nobody who George Lucas decides he's going to throw in a star and give a bit, throw in a movie yeah. and give a big role, because that's right. what he does with Star Wars. You're right, <laughs> you know. You're right. But um, I will say, and we already said spoiler alerts, but you're talking about Darth Vader. Darth Vader, in particular, at the end of Rogue One, you know. Well, we're spoiling it, so go ahead. What? what yeah, I mean, but we already said we were spoiling it, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you, like, if you're listening to this, you have no problem being spoiled. We gave a spoiler no. alert early on. Yes, absolutely. Well, that was... So free- every- What's it? Yeah, so everything's fair game. Okay. So that was awesome. You know? is I mean, he's in the movie earlier, but he's just there, you know, for exposition, basically, you know? Right. But... Right. But at the end, he comes on, you know, and he just starts friggin', oh. you know, slaying fools. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When he gets into the fight scene. Yes, yes, at the very yes. end, and which yes, which absolutely. takes you up to the beginning of episode four. Which is awesome, again. man. And that's like you could just have rolled right into Star Wars. Right? Yes. That that whole thing could have been uh, whatever. A See the way I think you got to watch it now is I think you got to watch Revenge of the Sith, then Rogue One, then New Hope. I agree. I think that's the way it has to go because Rogue One, even though they said it's a different movie, it's basically like episode three and a half. Yes, it, it is. It's really just like an editor's cut of of episode four. Yeah, it's like this is the shit that was going on in between. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And in terms of of where it would fall, now, of course, it's new and it's on my mind. um, And it was good and had things that I liked and had some of those Easter eggs and whatever. But it's up there, man. It's up there. Traditionally, I would say, like we talked about before, I'd go Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, and then... Return of the Jedi. I definitely think Rogue One is better than than Return of the Jedi in terms of okay. keeping my attention and giving me the things that I like. It also, though, made me think maybe I don't give Star Wars enough credit because that fight scene you mean, in Rogue One... You mean New Hope? New Hope, correct. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure yeah, I know yeah, where no. we are. Yes, right, New Hope. That fight scene in... The at the towards the end of Rogue One is very reminiscent of the fight scene in New Hope, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all the same guys: blue leader, gold leader. Yep, and they you know, even use leader. some some of the footage. You know about that? Yes, yeah, totally. Wedge yeah. is in uh, uh, you know, Wedge, who is the only fighter pilot to appear yeah. in all three of. Yeah, the, he was uh, in. Yep. Is is it makes a makes a, a return. Um, they it's all out yeah they found footage that wasn't used for the original movie and used it which is great yeah which is great and 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 to me that's what that's what the original star wars was what had made its impact is is obviously that scene right and so the fact that rogue one kind of brought that back i was like wow you know what maybe maybe i'm not giving new hope enough credit in you know, in my in my pantheon. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna have to go back, and I'm I'm gonna have what, to watch that. What I saw, and I just saw the headline. I'm trying to find the story about it. I saw about apparently Darth Vader. That whole scene at the end was just like a last minute thing. Like it wasn't originally supposed to be in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I saw this headline just like either today or yesterday, but I didn't follow up on the story. I'm trying to find it. Apparently, they're like, well, fuck it. Let's do this, you know, which is awesome because they wouldn't have done it otherwise, you know? Right, right. I mean, right. nobody would have been any the wiser, but now that they did do it, it's like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, see, I thought I thought that that was cool. That was a, that was a really cool component. And I had managed to escape um, any of the Princess Leia uh, spoilers. Yeah, that's why I went to see it as soon as I went to see it because it was like every day I was seeing a new headline. I was like, I can't click on any of this crap, you know. And I was like, I just need to go see. It. So I saw it the Wednesday after it came out. 
Because I was like, I got to see it as soon as possible so I can live my life stress-free. Right. Right. Yeah. uh, And that was exciting. Like, I don't know. I might have let out an audible giggle or, you know, I definitely smiled when when they cut, you know, to that scene. Um, And it's really, it's cool. It's well done. I thought the whole thing was was really well done. Well done enough to the point where I went and saw it a second time. Yeah, here's here's stories about Rogue One's final Darth Vader scene was a reshoot. Like it was added on a reshoot. Let me uh, copy it and send it to you. Well, I'm glad they did because it made that made. Yeah, that made the movie. Made the movie, man. And and it was good. And it was like here's Darth. I mean, Darth Vader's not coming up again. He's not supposed to be coming up again in any future movie. I'd have no clue what they're doing. But you know, we know he's dead. You know, the real Darth Vader. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there's a place for him because, right, in all of these um, sequels, he's dead, and then the next standalone movie is Han Solo, a young Han Solo. Yep. He wouldn't have a reason to, you know, come across, or maybe he does, but I, I doubt that they would just try to, you know, kind of force that element in there just to have Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, so it was good seeing Darth Vader being a proper villain again. Yeah, you know, I was like, no, absolutely. All right. Yeah, and that's and that is what was going on in in New Hope at the beginning, where Darth Vader's looking, you know, busting down and tracks down Leia, you know. Yeah. 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 Which is um, what he's in the process of doing at the end of Rogue One. So, which is really funny because. Like I had said before, Darth Vader had always been my favorite character, and the prequels gave me more of a foundation to to be confident in that viewpoint. But when uh, I'm talking to to Cole, and he's like, "What ten now? I guess a nine, ten, something like that." Um, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see what he thinks of it. So after the first movie, um, The Force Awakens, uh, we went out, and it was me, my dad, Josh, and then Eric, Jillian's husband, went to uh, see the movies together over Christmas, and then we went to go get um, grilled cheese at this gourmet grilled cheese place, right? Okay, yeah. And that's what we did this time. So we go, we sit down, we talk, we're talking about the movie, you know, a bunch of, you know, kind of dorks talking yep, about the yep. movie. And... Um, so I, I asked Cole to rate his Star Wars movies. And he rates them for me. And his order is Return of the Jedi. Okay. Force Awakens. Star Wars New Hope. Rogue One. I'm starting no to get antsy. Okay. I'm starting to get antsy at this point. Yeah. For that exact reason. Um, then... Um, what's what's the Sith one? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Phantom Menace. Now I'm out. Now am I right? Now I'm just <laughs> now I'm right. Empire Strikes Back and then Attack of the Clones. And so I'm visibly upset about this, and and I just tell him he's wrong. <laughs> so you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. And I said, why? Empire Strikes Back. Why not Empire Strikes Back? And he's like, that's not any good. And I said, 
are you kidding me? I said, first of all, it's where we meet Yoda. It's the first time we meet Yoda. And he says, no, we meet Yoda in Attack of the Clones. Yes. I say, okay. So, but Josh is good at this because one, Josh is his dad. (laughs) But two, Josh is really good at dealing with kids. And he says, well, that's nobody. that's a specialty anyway, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. He goes, nobody, we're not talking, we're not talking, how does he phrase it? It's chronologically and sequentially. Right? Yes. He says, nobody. You're talking, talking chronologically, not We're talking chronologically, not yes. sequentially. And yeah. Cole then acknowledges that, yes, Uncle Matt is correct. <laughs> chronologically, it's the first time we meet. Yoda, but sequentially he's holding on to to his point of his argument, and um, which is so what I'm a kid all, who is born after all of those movies would do. Exactly, and I'm worked up. I'm worked up about this for days because we had like um, second family Christmas, extended family Christmas, a couple days later after Christmas. So we get together, and I'm still drilling him on on the movie. Especially Empire Strikes Back. Like, how can that be so low? And Josh explained to me very calmly and succinctly. He says, look, dude, take a look at them. He says he has no patience for any time the bad guy wins. <laughs> so, so Return of the Jedi is the ultimate the good guy wins. Yeah, yeah, because it's whole... the final battle. Yes. As, as right? far as we knew at the time. Exactly. Seven comes back with a strong, with a strong presence for the rebels. Yep. Star Wars, strong victory for the rebels. Yep. Rogue One, victory for the rebels. Right. Yep. After that, he's starting to to then, it, you know, figure out where the bad guys go. And what he does is he says, well, "Who is the, you know, at least in in the Revenge of the Sith, uh, Darth Vader." You know, gets burnt, so that's a win. Uh, episode one, there's you know a small victory, and then the last two are obviously the dark side wins straight up. So yeah. having no patience for that, but I guess that's how a little kid's gonna look at it, right? Yeah, I mean little that's one of the weird things about Empire Strikes Back. It's the bad guys win. Bad guys win, right? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not gonna look at the the universe. He's not gonna look at the saga, and he's not gonna certainly not gonna look at it existentially. You know, kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Like, well, that's the whole point of the whole series is that there's dark and there's light and you need yeah. two to balance each other. So every time you do something good, something bad is going to happen and vice versa, right? And But he's not hearing anything. He's not. He's nine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not hearing that he's not hearing it, you know? Yep. And, and I'm really trying to hammer it home. So that's, I'm hoping the whole point of this podcast is that Josh will make him sit down and listen to it and understand how off the rail he is for not admitting that The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> well, with that being said, I think that's a logical – I think this is a logical area time to – because I think that's the climax of this of this podcast. I think so too. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Too. This whole so, podcast is leading up to – Josh persuading Cole to see it the correct way. <laughs> yeah. So if we've accomplished anything with this podcast, it's twofold. One, 
There is a nonprofit consulting group down in Washington, D.C. that has spent at least the last 45 minutes of their life digesting two idiots talk about Star Wars and will now spend an hour of their collective corporate company time in a, in a discussion over the element which I hope that a nine-year-old can now see is that Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, oh, with apologies to Girk's brother, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, may the force be with you, Fredo. <laughs>